Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to Wednesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Standing next to somebody yesterday, and they had pretty bad bo, and it just existed, right? It was kind of like this is gonna be a dated reference, but on Charlie Brown, there was a guy named Pigpen. You could see like the the dirt like around him. Yeah, that's kind of what the. And I know the person. I like the person. They had no idea that they smelled this bad, and I don't look at them and judge them, but I wonder then when I think about me, like, is that ever happening? And no one's telling me. Like, do I ever just smell so bad? And and then someone leaves and goes and like, man, do you guys smell Bobby? <laughs> like that's one of my biggest fears. No. I don't mind if it's musty, like I've been working out. <laughs> that is what it is. As a matter of fact, I don't think I put on deodorant this morning. I think I rolled out of bed, <laughs> rushed in here. Mm-hmm. And but if I'm like somewhere, and it's thick, I don't want to know then. But I just want to know. Do I want to know? know? I don't know. You want to know. know, Maybe I don't want to ever know. Maybe if you can never tell me, that's fine. (laughs) But I never want to find out. But I just wonder if he knew or where he came from because it was was just, it was really, really strong. And it wasn't on purpose. Like we've, Matthew McConaughey, Eddie and I have a couple times. Very stinky. Very stinky. <laughs> like on purpose. It's just how he rolls. It's not that he wants to stink. It's just he isn't going to do anything to keep him from stinking if he's stinking. Uh. But it was the whole situation yesterday. So there was that. Um, so if you're ever going to tell me, make sure that at some point I would have known anyway. Okay. Got it? Yeah. Because if you can get away with not telling me and I never find out, that's all good, too. It's one of the two ways. Uh, Matthew of Virginia Beach, you're on the show. What's up, Matthew? Well, what's, what's the most exotic pet y'all have ever had? Like chinchilla, bunnies, ferrets, stuff like that. Is a bunny exotic? Uh, I mean, we had bunnies as kids. They never lasted that long. I had a couple hairless rats, and they got stuck in the walls for a while. Finally got most of them out. Gave them to a couple listeners. Really? Yeah. Did you buy them at the store? Like yeah. at the pet store? Uh-huh. Huh. And they were pretty cool. I just... Were they, though? No, they weren't. No, they weren't. (laughs) They were pretty cool. Yeah, I had a couple hairless rats. Uh, My great aunt had a monkey. Nice. And it used to poop in its hand. It got old. It used to poop in its hand and throw it at people and then bite. (laughs) That was the weirdest... That's how you know the monkey got old? Yeah, man. I felt bad for that monkey as I got older. But other than that, I don't think I ever really had a crazy pet. You? I had hamsters, and then I used to catch lizards, and I had a little lizard cage I'd keep them in, but then I guess yeah. I'd set them free. That's just a kid. A chameleon. A kid in America, you know? <laughs> yeah. Eddie, you? I had a ferret for 10 years. Oh, I loved her. Her, cool. name, her name was Stimpy. So, and, 
What's up with the ferret? What do uh, you do? So, I mean, it lives like a cat. It poops in a litter box, and it's got like a little gerbil water feeder thing. And Does I'll- it run free? Yeah, I, I would let it run in my room. That was the rule. I couldn't let it run around the house. But I would carry it around. Like, if I went to the mall or something, I would carry it around on my shoulder. He would just hold on to my shoulder. Just walk around. He wouldn't jump off? Almost like a pirate. That's no. pretty cool. Uh-huh. Pretty awesome. I have a bulldog. I don't, that's pretty exotic when it comes to having to pay uh, vet bills. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. Uh, Lunchbox, any crazy pets? Uh, my sister had gerbils. Started out with four, and I don't know if you know anything about gerbils, but they multiply like gremlins, and we had about 20 of them. Oh. oh. Gross. <laughs> 20 gerbils? <laughs> Yes. That's a lot of gerbils. <laughs> Matthew, why do you ask about exotic pets? I recently, like two or three weeks ago, I got two chinchillas, and then tomorrow I get two bunnies from my aunt, and then I already have two dogs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of animals, bro. I was just, yeah, 22 with a house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got to pull them up somehow. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Oh, my. <laughs> I had, when I was early 20s, uh, one of the girls that I dated had snakes. Cool. And then she would leave and go on vacation, and I'd have to keep snakes no. and feed the snakes. I'd have no. to go to the pet store and get little little mice. Nope. And then nope. you feed the nope. the snake the mi- the mice, and then I just couldn't do it anymore. My heart wouldn't let me feed it a live mouse, so then I would go get frozen mice. No. What? But then, frozen mice? Uh-huh. I'm... Yeah, but then, then I had to realize that somebody had to freeze them. But then I had the thing where, well, somebody had to kill the cow, the hamburger you eat. It's a whole okay. life growth <laughs> journey I went on. But, uh, well, Matthew, good luck with I that. Show. I listen to it every morning on my way to work. Thank you, man. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye-bye. Hey, speaking of stinking, here's this. I just handed this. Do you know if you eat too much red meat, it can make you smell like rotten eggs? Oh. If no. you eat a lot of red meat, your body will produce a natural rotten egg type smell. Like sulfur or whatever? It says too much meat, especially red, can lead to a sulfurous odor, which smells like rotten. Oh, boy, sulfur. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he had too many steaks that day when I saw him. (laughs) You did eat a lot of steaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the phone right now, Johnny in Fresno, California. Johnny, good morning. What's going on? I I just got your uh, signed autograph, and I can't wait to put it in the book for your, your children's book. Oh, yeah, coming out on the 14th, Stanley the dog in his first day at school. And so what I did is instead of signing a page and then the book company just put it on the book for all the pre-orders, we had a special piece of art made that you can put in the book itself. And so I'm pretty excited. Do you have a kid, Johnny? Yes, sir. I just had my daughter two weeks ago, so that's why I'm pretty excited to read it to her. Wow. How's, off early. How is it being a two-week-old dad? Uh, honestly, it's uh, pretty tiring, but I just want to let my wife know that you know I appreciate it because she's the one who wakes up at night feeding the baby because I got to go to work. You say pretty tiring, but your wife's waking up. What part's tiring if you're not waking up in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I kind of get the bottles ready sometimes, you know? Yeah. So she kind of goes through a couple bottles every two hours. So I kind of get up and then, like, prep them and then just go back to sleep. But I mean, oh, she's so the one who's doing all the work. You do get up in the middle of the night then? Yeah, but not too long. (laughs) (laughs) He gives himself credit, and then he takes it away. Then he gives it. Hey, Johnny, I appreciate that, and I hope you enjoy the book, and congratulations on being a new dad. Yeah, thank you. Can I shout her out? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Her name is uh, Raylan. It's named after the country artist. That's kind of the main reason. The baby is named after the artist, Raylan. Yes. And why did you name it after Raylan, the artist? What about her has motivated you to do that? My uh, brother-in-law and sister seen her perform out in Bakersfield like a few years ago and then we're coming up with names and then they mentioned that name to her saying that they've seen her like up close uh, so I was like you know what I love that name and it's unique so so yeah. it was more about the unique name the name and how cool it was more than who she is well I mean she's awesome too yeah, she has yeah, great yeah. music yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, see it. It. Here's what I like about Johnny. Gives credit, takes <laughs> it away. Gives credit, <laughs> takes it away. All now right. you see it, now you don't. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Uh, hey, congratulations, buddy. Appreciate you calling, and hopefully one day we'll get out there and I'll get to meet you. Yeah, we'll do. Thank you. All right, buddy. See you later. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I've been dating my boyfriend for five years now, and we just recently moved in together over a year ago. I'm 25, he's 26. We always talk about getting married and having kids to the point where I feel like we're already a married couple. All our friends around us have started their families and or are getting married soon. When I bring up our future or getting married, he immediately gets annoyed and explains that this conversation pushes the proposal back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
He always assures me that it's coming, but he's just waiting for the right time. I don't want to be that nagging girlfriend or it sound like I'm begging this out of him. But there have been tons of perfect opportunities. But at the same time, if you really love me, why is he waiting so long? I cannot help but be insecure about this. I don't like bringing it up because I don't want to make him feel forced. And I do want to feel extra special when the time comes. I guess my question is, how long is too long to be waiting for him to take the next step in our relationship? Sincerely, Desperate Danielle. Okay, so this is what I'm going to say, at least for the time being. I think you need to pump the brakes on talking about it for about six months. And not even don't even tell him that you're, that you're pumping the brakes. Because he may actually have something planned, or maybe in the middle of planning something. And I don't think he should ever say, well, you're pushing the poles back. That should not be said. But if you're pushing it, he's like, oh, I just want her to like not know it's coming. So my... My my humble advice is just pump the brakes on asking about getting married for the next four to six months. I'm going to take a wild gamble. I'm going to put my chips down on the fact that I think he's going to propose to you relatively soon. Why? Why do you think that? Because they're living together. They've been together five years. They're talking about it. If they were talking about it and he was like, hey, I don't think we're there yet, or I don't think, then I would not think the same. Okay. So he's thinking about it. He's trying to plan it. Just give him a little space on this. And then after whatever time you have set, four to six months, have your date in your head on your phone. Then you can ultimatum him after that. But give him some space to let him do what he says he's doing, which is planning the perfect moment. So let him try to create that perfect moment. If that doesn't work, it's ultimatum time. Now, Eddie, your wife set the ultimatum with you. Yeah, we were engaged. We were engaged. We were dating for six years, and then she finally did the poop or get off the pot. But I say I needed that because before the six years, I had no idea. I was like, I think she kind of likes this comfortable dating for six years life. And you guys didn't have these conversations. Nope. Right. And then finally, she's like, hey, are you going to ask me to marry you? Because I'm tired of waiting because if you're not, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Do you think she really would have been out? Yeah, oh, yeah, she was the dude. I, I saw the look in her eyes. She was serious. Ray, did you get ultimatumed? I did, and I was told in <laughs> in June you need to propose, and then June passed, and another June came around, and that one passed too. But I think at six years, it was really with our families. I was just starting to annoy a ton of people, and I was like, all right, I'm I need to actually just go ahead and propose because I, I did love Baser, so did I think it's more romantic it? than I just need to go ahead. You know, <laughs> that, that that should be a commercial like for Zales or something. You know, <laughs> when nothing's. But, okay, well, Ray, what is your advice then to her? My advice, six years is the limit. So once it gets there, something's got to happen. I, I, I feel you're fine there up until six. Listen, Danielle, nothing's going to change in six months anyway, meaning you're not going to break up. You're not going to get married. Like drastic to drastic. Nothing's going to happen in the next six months. So just pull back, let him do his thing. And then if he doesn't do his thing, then you do your thing, which is, hey, buddy, we've been together. I'm giving you this ultimatum. The end. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Alicia Silverstone. Alicia, how are you? Good. How are you? Hey, a couple things here. Your podcast, The Real Hill Podcast. So what do you eat generally for you to stay healthy and for you to heal? Yeah. I stopped eating meat, dairy, sugar. Well, first it was just meat and dairy, and that did everything to begin with. But then I started to understand even more about health and how I could start eating less sugar and less processed foods and really eat whole grains. I do a lot of relying on uh, Tums and aspirin and Red Bull. I assume Red Bull is not really on the list of things I should probably be crushing daily. Exactly. Yeah. So that might be working for you right now, but I don't know yeah. how old you are. Give you a couple more years, you're gonna have some problems. Yeah, I'm 22, but <laughs> you're such a baby. Yeah, I'm just um, I, I look a lot older because all that Red Bull and Tums probably. For, <laughs> I'm just guessing are though. You, you're not really 22, are you? No, God, no. I mean, oh <laughs> I'm like I seven. Can't see the face. You're so far away. You're at a big desk. Yeah, right just now. trust me. It's a beautiful young looking face. It looks 22. Uh, well, let me <laughs> let me say this. The podcast is called the Real Hill Podcast. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the movie, too, because I love apocalyptic movies. Those are my favorite kind of movies where I wonder, like, after the apocalypse happened, could I survive? That, to me, is if it's a TV series or a movie, like, that is that is my genre of, of movie, as Lunchbox would say here on the show. And so Last Survivor is that. It's in that world. Do you think after shooting this movie that you would be someone – because when you talk about how you eat and all the plants, I feel like you'd be pretty good at this already. 
how would I survive? I have no idea. Yeah, would you? I, I mean, after doing the movie, are you like, man, I can actually do this? Or are you like, nah, I'm good. I like internet and running water. Living off the grid is very pleasurable for me. When the, energy, when the power goes out and everyone can't use it, it makes me very happy. So yeah, I do. I think I'd be okay with all those things, living off the grid and managing like that. But um, our movie, Last Survivors, is really interesting and the relationships are really interesting. And my character has left her children to go live in the woods, you know, and this farm. And um, I don't think I could do that. I wouldn't leave my baby. Okay, so I want to do this. If you're cool with it, I have a few general questions that I would like to ask you about your career, and it'll be very quick. Um, are you game? Yeah. One fun thing I want to tell you before you do that is that I can't believe that this little movie, Last Survivors, that we made on a shoestring budget has been number one on Hulu. It was on number one on Hulu for like an entire week, and at the same time – Senior year, this fun movie I did for Netflix was number one on who on Netflix. So I had two number one movies at the same time. That was fun. The uh, the other movie on Netflix is that with Rebel Wilson? I'm just going from memory here. Yes, she's so funny. Oh what is God. it like she, to I, be? Yeah, like if you're with somebody who's just hilarious, or are people that we see that we think oh they're hilarious in movies, they're really not that hilarious, not on the movie. Like what is that dynamic like? Well, Rebel's just a really clever woman, and she's so uh, when I. When we weren't shooting, we were just sitting there chatting, and she was a very deep, serious person. So yeah, I don't think she's walking around just joking around all the time. She's very, uh, she's got a lot of thoughtful things going on in her mind. I think she studied to be a lawyer. At what I think she was almost a lawyer. Um, so anyway, I had a really good time with her. I, I just have a little cameo in the movie, but I I loved. It made me laugh so hard, this film. It's so fun. <laughs> All right, here, here are my final few questions for you. Do you know, I'm going to, you can just say no and be like, that's a stupid question. Do you know okay. your first acting credit listed on IMDb? Because I did like the research, obviously, but I went like uh, super generic. Do you know the first thing they list you as acting in? Nick and Me? It's The Wonder Years in 1992, and I've seen uh, every episode. I do not remember you on the show. Do you, do you have a memory of filming that show? I mean, 92, the, I mean, I'm sure you've done so much. I don't remember half the crap I've done last month. I wonder if you remember a random Wonder Years episode from 92. I do remember, stay, I do remember being in the hallway where I shot that and um, with with Fred. Kevin uh, on the show, yeah, I think, right? Kevin Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wondered if you knew that. That's number one. Number two, my number two question is, so um, in, I guess I was in high school, Batman, Batgirl, and Batman. You're Batgirl and Batman. But that suit... That suit looks like it's super hard to move around and live in, especially Awful. if you're... Yeah. So how hard is it to actually have to function in a suit that seems like it's wrapped around your entire body for 12 hours at a time? It sucked. We had to put... I think we had to put either baby powder all over ourselves or with these stockings underneath. I don't remember, but the whole thing was so or, was such an ordeal. And when you had to pee, it was such a pain in the butt to get the thing off. It was so epic. And um, yeah... Not fun suit. I'm sure they've improved on the suits since. <laughs> and my my final question is: I you speak French fluently, from what I understand, and I have a French minor now. With my French minor, I know like six things, and that's all. Um, but I would like to run a few of those six things by you if you are fluent in French. I am not fluent in French. I have no idea where you well, got that. Let's try anyway, because I ain't either. So let's see what happens here. All right, here we go. Uh, bonjour, Alicia. Bonjour, Bobby. Very, oh, she's already better than I am. Wow. She, said, she said this fact is made up on the internet. Je suis fatigué. Uh, how about this? How about this? Uh, comment allez-vous? Uh, is that how are you? I don't know. I just remember saying it over and over again, but I don't um, remember. Au revoir. Au revoir. All I've got, au revoir. All I've got is kiss, kiss, pass. Yeah. We're about the same. She didn't speak fluently, guys. I just checked it out. Um, okay. Here's what I want to say. And you have just been a delight to talk with, and thank you. And so the two things I want you to check out, The Real Hill Podcast, all the episodes are out there. Episode 11 came out on the 26th, so it's out. They're all out now. Wow, they just all came out, so check them out. And then check out Last Survivors on Hulu, which is really great. The look and the feel of the movie far surpasses the money they spent on it, and that is a testament to how great a job you guys did. So, Alicia, thank you for your time. If you could zoom in one more time on my face, I want to leave her with this, Eddie. You're zoomed. Yeah, check it out. You're so cute. Yeah, thank you. All right, there she is, Alicia Silverstone, everybody. Wow. Yeah. Bye, Alicia. Yeah.
It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture Culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This guy walked into a Burger King and it was completely empty, meaning it was unlocked. And he got in there and there's no one in there. Hello! Nothing. So how does that even happen? Well, one person showed up, other people didn't, and that one person was like, I don't want to work here. He quit. Oh! So oh then, then, then nobody's working there and the door is unlocked. Okay. What is happening? So, obviously, been a lot of staffing shortages. I mean, my yeah. sister, who manages the restaurant, was she was like, we can't get anybody to work. But for a Burger King, not, not a shortage, an outage, a people outage, 
And so this guy walks in in Pittsburgh and nobody was there. He then went through the drive-thru, walked in, all of it, completely empty. And I wonder if that were the case. I mean, I would think somebody was in the bathroom or something. Right, because I wouldn't, I would just think somebody is somewhere. Maybe, hello, in the bathroom? Nothing. Then do you just get a burger yourself? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't know made. if you're hungry and it's all there <laughs> and there's some made back there by any chance. But here you go. Here's a clip. This is the moment that the would-be customer walked in. Showed up to this Burger King on Noblestown Road and there is nobody in here. Nobody in here. Went to the drive-thru, nothing. Anybody here? Hello? That's wild. You have Crazy. to go walk back to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you're the owner or whoever runs that Burger King and you see this video and you're like, oh, shoot, that's my store. <laughs> well, the person eventually found out and went up and just ran it until they could get other people up there. Wow. So I went back in business. But that would be super cool. That that was like, that'd be like getting locked in like a Walmart or something overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to see things you probably shouldn't see as a normal person. There was a story about Shaq and he was talking about to-go orders and tipping and Lunchbox has this weird beef with Shaq who, that Shaq doesn't know that you have a feud with him. Right. But you do have a feud with I him. I do have a feud with him. He does a lot of things for show. He's so annoying. He just happens to be somewhere when everybody needs something. So Shaq was interviewed by Bleacher Report, and they asked him, hey, when you're out in public and you're not being Shaq the celebrity, you're like a normal dude, like what do you do? Here's this clip. When I go to McDonald's and order food and the kids bring it, I'll give them a $200 tip. I'm not about to go in there and cook it and do that. You doing that for me? Appreciate you, big homie. Thank you. When I go to a restaurant with my boys, they're amazed I don't skip the line. Hey, man, go to the front. No, man. I'm not skipping that lady. I, I can't do it. Because remember, these people right here make this world go around. Not me. But but it, but it's my job to entertain them. And then when they pay, that's how I get paid. So it's all a certain ecosystem that can never be broken. I mean, Shaq awesome or what? Yeah, yeah. I love I mean, it. Imagine that you're cooking food and Shaq comes in and gives you a $200 tip. <laughs> That's, so cool. That's awesome. That's how, how you how go broke. How do you hate against that dude? That's how you go broke. That ain't how you go broke if you have that much money. If you're given $200 when you go to McDonald's, that's how you go broke. That's not, how do you know how you go broke? <laughs> you guys talking about me, oh, you're going to be so you know financially irresponsible when you hit the lottery. So now this is your beef with Shaq, so, so, tip? So, <laughs> now he's so, financially irresponsible. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, And you guys commend him for giving $200 every time he goes somewhere to eat. That's how you go broke. And then the fact that he doesn't skip the line, he's an idiot. Shaq is worth almost a half a billion dollars. He's good. So two hundred dollars to him is a penny. But every time so yes, he eats, you could tip a penny every time you eat. Mm-hmm. You could, could you not? Doubt it. You couldn't tip a penny every time you eat it. Eat it. Every time you eat it. <laughs> yeah, eat. You're going down to his eat. level. Yeah, bro. yeah. Oh, I can't do it. He's taking me with him. Oh God. There's Shaq seems awesome. Mm-hmm. But also the cool thing is he said this, so now he has to do it every time. <laughs> yeah. He goes he- somewhere and done tip two hundred bucks. I'm like, nah, I heard that podcast. You need to give me two hundred dollars. Your final thoughts, Lunchbox. I'm just saying, Shaq's gonna go broke, and I don't. Did believe- you not hear the the comparison? Yeah, yeah. I heard his it. half a billion. That's one cent to you, and how much you make. You know how quick half a billion can go. Like you that. don't know how quick half a billion can go. And I'm gonna, I guarantee he skips the line. Okay, you guarantee it because? Because that's what celebrities do. No. So you can't okay. guarantee it. All right. Well, I do. You don't either. They don't let you. Sometimes. Okay. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. A few weeks ago, Jada Sales finished her college degree at Dillard College in New Orleans, finished all her credits. Graduation day comes, and she's like... Uh-oh, I think my water broke. Mm. And she has to be rushed to the hospital. Graduation day. Graduation day. Dang. You know, got the cap and gown laid out. She's ready to walk that stage. So she can't be at graduation because she's having a baby. Good news, healthy baby boy, her first child. Well, the president of the university found out about this. After graduation, he showed up at the hospital and presented her with her diploma. Oh, that's cool. Man, imagine that. You're so pregnant and it's timing out with your graduation. You're probably... Every day leading up to it, like, can you just waddle across the stage and get it and then have your baby? Yeah. Does this inspire you to go back and get yours? Nah. Nah. What will? But you're only three hours short. I'm only three hours short. You're one class short. Because I I need something cool to happen, like... The news. What if the news said they would cover you, they would do a story on you going back to college, if they gave you that commitment? Like, maybe we make a reality show out of it. Like, oh, God. You went from a news segment to a show. That's not not even worth an Instagram Live, (laughs) much less a reality show. (laughs) 40-year-old guy goes back to college. I join a frat at 40 just for three hours. For three hours? Yes. How cool would that be to see my campus life for a semester as a 40-year-old man, father of three? 
Okay. Living that frat you, life. But you would have eternity? to go, okay, but you'd have to go hard. Like you, oh, I'd go hard. If it's a reality show, but, yeah. but, but, but what's going hard? Oh, it's going, I mean, I can't, be to the wall. What does that mean? Balls but, to the wall? Yeah. Just saying, <laughs> I don't like, know if I can say that. You're just saying like you would just party hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would just have to deal with the repercussions at home, you know, like real world. You fight with your roommates. Would I your wife let you have a camera at home, though? Uh, probably. And she'd be on camera with you. If I'm going to be on a reality show, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll pitch that. I like it. I don't know if you're the funniest guy to do it, well, but that's but a funny who, idea. You can't. You no, but what you get need though else. is somebody who's also single and is also like oh, trying to find to love go. at the same time. Yeah, partying. Finishing if you school. take this concept and use someone else, he's going to be heartbroken. No, no, he no, can no. still be a creator. I'll get credit. Oh, yeah. I'll get, no, not credit. Okay. Money. Money. I don't care about the credit. Give me that money. Money. Okay, okay, okay. Money's top. Anyway, let's shout her out again. What's her name? Yeah, her name is Jada Sales. And then let's shout you out again. Lunchbox. What up? UTSA. But she <laughs> went to Dillard, Dillard College in New Orleans. So. All right, we'll see if we can get this show off the ground, all right? I like it. All right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. This woman has eaten nothing but potato chips for 23 years. That's all. How do you live? How does your body produce enough energy yeah. on just potato chips? A woman who lived on a diet of cheese and onion flavored potato. Oh, <laughs> You know her breath. You know her body odor. That can't be good. Uh-huh. Aside from no fuel, what does she smell like? But that's all she's had for 23 years. Cheese and onion flavored potato chips. What in the world? Uh, so she's had her first meal after being hypnotized. She has only eaten chips since she was a toddler, 25 years old now. That's a parent thing then. This is a parent. Oh, yeah. No. didn't give her food. Oh, no, they, they probably did, but then she refused and no. didn't want to. Clearly, this you know, is something psychological. If a kid refuses and they're seven, you still make them do <laughs> That's it. That's right. Okay, yes. I don't know. So she remembers being at school and having a potato chip in her lunchbox. And she was like, that was good. So then that's all she ate. And so after undergoing two two-hour hypnotherapy sessions, she's been able to enjoy her first taste of fruits and vegetables alongside other, fu- other fruits. So there you go. Mm. 23 years of only eating potato chips, man. I just can't. Food wouldn't be a joy. Like, I like food. I like to eat food because I go, I can't wait to eat it because this steak is going to taste good or this chicken is going to taste good or mm. I, I like nerds. This, this water from Sonic with nerds in it is going to taste good. But if you only eat the same thing over and over again, nothing probably, it's all the same, right? It's like breathing air. <sighs> they do have a lot of different flavors. Of no, no, but she stuff. only has yeah, cheese and onion. Kind of, I know that, but I know. if but, I were doing it, I'd hit that barbecue. There's a picture of her. By the way, she should have the biggest sponsorship deal with this brick. <laughs> I mean, she should make Jared's Subway deal. That, that should be nothing to the money she makes for Walker's cheese and onion chips. <laughs> Crazy. By the way, I hear the Lunchbox eats... Food out of the garbage in here? Did, have you heard Lunchbox? You ever seen eating food out of the garbage in this room? No. Amy, you put some food in the trash? Yes. So it was in your office. I threw it away. I was doing some work in there. And then I came back into the main studio to leave. But on my way out, I passed back by your office and I see Lunchbox pulling my food out of the trash. I kept walking because I didn't even want to I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want to know what was going on. But then I thought, well, I'll just, you know, send it in his prep later and ask. So why I- are you smiling so big? I mean, I did eat it. Well, hold on. So what did you <laughs> see, though? How did you know she put food in the trash? Because I was walking in because I needed to use your office for something, and she was getting done, and she had food, and she put it in her bag and threw it in the trash. She was wrapping it all up, threw it in the trash. I was like, man, there's still like four bites left. Like, why oh. would you throw that away? And so I pulled it out. Of what? It was like a salad. <laughs> oh, You went into the garbage and ate a salad that okay, she had already I, eaten and thrown away? I, I, yeah. I listen. I would have kept eating too, but I was in a hurry and headed to a meeting and I couldn't take food with me because it would just be sitting in my car. So he's not wrong. There was still good bites left, but still that's disgusting. Look, I know Amy. I know Amy's not spitting on her food or putting it in her mouth and spitting it out. So I feel like Amy's a pretty healthy person. Doesn't like- You went into the garbage and ate a half-eaten salad. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you not have food? Not in any food, man. (laughs) Did you do this? Did you do this? Do you watch us eat- See, when we put food in the trash, and then if you liked what we had, go in after it. I will. Yeah. I'll pay attention. <laughs> That's so weird. But it was a free meal. It was really a free snack. It didn't fill me up, but it, it you know, tied me over till I can get somewhere to eat. So you found someone else put food in the trash. Yeah. I told you your TikTok angle was always to go into the trash and eat food. I know, and I you didn't film it. I just ate it, and I you didn't know. Anybody, I, I had yeah. no idea anybody saw that me, and so once she started weird. talking about it, I was like, dang, I got caught. That's so weird. <laughs> 
It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the phone, Michael in Delaware. Hello, good morning, Michael. What's going on? A couple of weeks ago, you were listing the top five country karaoke songs, and you had said that Country Roads isn't a real country song. How could you say that? That's like the best country song ever. I agree. I say that when people are classifying that song, generally they don't classify that as a country song. So if people are going, hey, list out your top 1,000 country songs, I don't know that most people would put 
Country Roads, because it's the most country of all country songs, which, by the way, controversial back in the day when John Denver was a country artist. You know, he won the big award for, I believe, Entertainer of the Year, and they burned his, when they announced he won at the CMAs, they burned the sheet of paper he was on on stage. Yeah, so he was controversial, even though it got no more country than John Denver in this little ditty right here. Here you go. Yes. See if we can do it. Come on. Almost heaven. Oh. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Shenandoah River. That's all I got, bro. It is? Donald's lady. Older than the trees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Younger than the mountains. Growing like the breeze. Country road. Take me home. Are we in the right spot? Yeah. To the place. Everybody, I belong. West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Take me home. Country roads. All right, lunchbox, freestyle, go. Take me home. No. From the train. There we go, yeah. That's where I want to go. Mama, I'm coming home. That's Ozzy Osbourne. Keep going. <laughs> uh, get on a bus. Get on a plane. We're going insane. Oh, good rhyme. Yeah. Ozzy again. All right, here we go. Back to the hook and go. Country roads. Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia. Big emotional ending, Lunchbox. Big emotional ending. I'm so excited. No, that's Saved by the Bell. That's Jesse on Saved by the Bell. Yeah. I'm so, so scared. scared. (laughs) Hey, Michael, you aren't going to get an argument for us. uh, Because I agree with you. I was just saying most people don't consider that a country song. But, you know, with lyrics like Almost Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Come on. That's the country as it gets, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How you like that performance there for you? A little special. That was for you. Yeah. It was like a four out of ten. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Wow. We even dedicated oh, it to Oh, do you know what'll you. sound good, though? What'll sound really good? Mm. Is with this click when click. I hang up on him. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that sound? Didn't hear anything. Gave that a ten out of ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Poured our hearts there, and that's what we get. Uh, thank you, Michael, for that call. Appreciate that. <laughs> up on my podcast, The Bobby Cast. I had Allie Colleen on, and she's been in to perform. Great artist, but we talked about her growing up as Garth Brooks' daughter. And so she talked about how she was exposed to invasion of privacy at an early age because everybody would stop her dad all the time. I learned very early that when I got picked up from school, okay, it's a 15-minute drive home. I get to go home in 45 minutes, and that's because there are going to be people at the gate. And my dad is the artist of all artists. And it's going to talk to them. And we're just going to have to sit in the car and, and wait on him to go and, and talk to these people that I didn't really understand why they were outside the gate. And then I get to go home and play. I knew that the grocery store was going to take a long time. I learned consistently through my whole life just that one, a huge invasion of privacy from fans that, again, my parents, I don't think, had a clue how to navigate and navigated it in such an amazing way. I think a lot is lost on the fact, too, that Garth just said, hey, I'm going to check out for a while and go home and raise my kids. And that's what he did. And yeah, it's really difficult at times that she talks about that, especially when you're super famous and living in Tulsa. It's not like there's a culture built there like Los Angeles, even Nashville or New York. He would just go to soccer games. Wow. And as cool as it seems, it was tough for a kid to live in that and that be their life constantly. Um, so it's just a great, great podcast on her talking about her life as an artist, but also what it was like growing up with having Garth Brooks as her dad. So check it out. It's on the Bobbycast. I hope you guys go listen to it. Just search for it and subscribe if you'd like. The Bobby Here's Amy's pile of stories. So for me, avocados are crazy because you buy them at the store and you're like, oh, these are going to be good for a while. And then you take them home. Next thing you know, they're no good anymore. How long are they supposed to be good for? I mean, 
Uh, mine, they just ripen super fast. It depends. So I have to like throw them in the fridge. But I mean, I don't know the standard shelf life, but mine in a couple of days from buying them when they're super hard to when they're super squishy and soft. So I saw on TikTok, there's this viral hat going around where if you just store them in water, like if you get Tupperware, fill it up with water or throw an avocado in there, it'll stay fresh for weeks. Like cold water? Does yeah. temperature matter? I don't I don't think so. I mean, you could just put it in the that water. Does. On the warm water. And you store anything in warm water and it's going to stay safe. <laughs> well, they're saying that as long as it's in the water, it'll stay fresh for weeks. And I'm like, oh, this could be a helpful hack. Well, the FDA has put out a warning saying, do not do this at home because it can make you violently ill. Well, it's a, it's a risk, right? Even if it worked 70% of the time, and people are like, wow, look at this, it does work. And maybe they even know how to look at the avocado to see if it is still ripe and healthy. But it's at 30%. It's going to rock people and make them super sick. Yeah. That's big. But anything on TikTok that's like, hey, you guys, here's a hack for how you can eat how you can preserve. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't follow it unless you like go two, three layers deep and researching it because I see all the baby food people are making because of the baby food shortage yeah. and it's like, all right, guys, here's what you do. First of all, you get some Thai detergent and some nerds <laughs> and then you mix that with a little bit of applesauce. Oh. Voila. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> people, babies can't eat that? But that's on TikTok. It's that kind of stuff on TikTok, right? So be careful. All right, what else? <laughs> So this summer, families that are looking for you know, maybe an open community pool or a guarded public beach to hang out at, they might not get to because 100,000 pools and beach areas might be shut down because they don't have lifeguards for them. 100,000. What's the latest? Uh, we're still trying to figure out when the tryouts are and how we're going to get me there. Tryouts to go be a lifeguard? Yes, correct. Are you trying to win an Olympic gold medal? No, you have to be certified. But can't you just go and have your own little deal? Like no. a one-on-one? No, somebody has to watch it. One-on-one? Like, oh, yeah, I can probably figure that out. That's yeah. what we're trying to figure out. Logistics. You, Eddie, are you part of the American Lifeguard Association? I think I was at one point. I love that song from Garth. <laughs> it's the American Lifeguard <laughs> Association. Association. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, so, Gabby Barrett, she needs help naming her baby boy, who's due later this year. And she asked like her fans to submit baby names in her Instagram. Instagram stories. She wrote that she would prefer something Southern or biblical. So I didn't know if we had any ideas we could like throw in the hat. <laughs> the weird thing about Gabby is, and I like Gabby and I've known Gabby for a long time. We've worked together on American Idol. She's from Pittsburgh and she's all, and she kind of has a Southern accent now. Uh, and that's always a little. She wants a Southern baby name. I too. get it. I mean, Kate, her husband is from Texas. I worked with him too on Idol. And maybe that's what it is. Is she on the South side of Pittsburgh? That's a good question. Because yeah, if that she be is, that would, the accent would make <laughs> sense a little bit. Um, I, I let's see. I rec- how about Jesus? <laughs> oh, but it's no. got to be like oh, southern, that, southern. That's S- hardcore sorry, biblical. G A H D. God. Oh, oh, oh wow! wow. G A H D. <laughs> that way, it is not. Sa- it it's. This is our son. G A H D. Or G A W D. God. No, that's like slang. Mine's like actual, <laughs> like Ezekiel. God. Ooh, yeah. I like that name and that bread. Ezekiel? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. There's a game warden named Jake. He's got a dog named Coda. And, man, you want them on your team because if somebody goes missing, they're in action. Last week, an 11-year-old girl went missing, and they found her within an hour. And by they, I mean Jake shows up at Coda, and Coda sniffs her out and finds her. Then, last Sunday night, they were called in because there was a 77-year-old woman who'd been missing since last Saturday. You're talking about almost a week. So Coda picked up her scent, like smelled her clothes, and then went into the woods and found her behind her house, deep in the woods, severely dehydrated but alive, and she's going to be fine. So you have a game warden and a dog. This is like a crime-fighting show. This is like Turner and Hooch Part (laughs) 2. That's pretty awesome that that dog can do that, can smell something, and then go and find a human. I, I mean, my dog only sits three out of five times. Just sits three out of five times much less find somebody. I did teach Eller, though. She's now learning tricks, and Eller was a dog we rescued that was super aggressive. Because, And I wrote about this on my Instagram. When we rescued her, she was probably too young to be away from her mom, but they also couldn't find her mom. So found her on the street. We took her. She bite and attacked everything. Humans, dogs, walls. We tried to train her. No luck. We had a trainer come to the house and try to train all of us. No luck. Super aggressive. We went to an aggression specialist who told us Elder would never be able to stay at our house because of Caitlin and myself and Stanley because she wouldn't stop attacking Stanley. And he's just a bulldog. He's like, what is happening here? My life was awesome until this happened. And so they were like, you have to get rid of the dog. 
And so to Caitlin's credit, she was like, well, there's no chance we're getting rid of Eller. We just adopted her. So we've had Eller for like a year and three months now. It's not the same dog. She's not aggressive toward anything. Uh, we can give Stanley a treat in front of her. She'll just sit and chill and wait. It's, I mean, it literally is a whole different dog in that her presentation, not aggress, no aggression, nothing. It's just now that I think she feels love and that she feels like Safe. we're going to be there for her and she's going to get her. She's good. She chills. She rubs, she turns over and lets her belly be rubbed and is not aggressive at all. She'll bite Stanley on the head. But only like, like trying to get him to play, oh. and we 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 even allow that because there's no aggression in her at all. So it's an awesome story. We work with a place called Wags and Walk here in Nashville, and she's no Coda, but she might be. Hey, <laughs> one day, one day she might be like Coda. That's what it's all about, right there. That was tell me something good. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.